This is TBSI in the world. I'm John Batchelor. Hotel Mars, episode N. My colleague and co-host and co-pilot, Dr. David Livingston of The Space Show is here. David, we have an exciting development here that I have not known about for some years. It's a new technology that's an old technology, and it replaces the fears of nuclear power plants. It's called a thorium molten salt reactor. And to help us understand this piece of technology that it establishes and works and is being developed now around the world, we welcome Dr. A.J. Hotari, president and founder of Astrox Corporation. A.J., a very good evening to you. Time for definition. I've seen your charts. I'm convinced. What is a thorium molten <laughs> salt reactor? Well, thank you very much, uh, John. It was just it's been really nice, and thank you for inviting me and to talk about this very important, very important uh, topic and very useful for our country, actually. So, thorium molten salt reactor is basically it's a nuclear reactor, but it's a reactor that cannot blow up. It cannot melt down. It creates only one percent of uh, the waste products that uh, uranium plants that we have. Most of our plants are uranium-235 uh, plants worldwide, actually, and they are all pressurized water reactors, which means that, you know, the water is, and I'll get into that a little bit more, but at this point in time, uh, if we don't pressurize the reactor, but if we can work, the whole idea is this, if we can work at, at sea level pressure, um, then it cannot blow up. You know, this is what happened in Fukushima. It happened in Chernobyl. So how do we solve these problems without, you know, throwing the baby out with whatever, whatever, for that kind of a thing in, in terms of nuclear? So this is really, really quite interesting. You do, what you do is you dissolve thorium, which is, um, atomic rate is 232, so it's called thorium 232 into some kind of uh, salt, which is a florium beryllium based salt, and then when you dissolve it, it's at very high temperature. It's like, you know, 500 degrees centigrade, 600. But when you dissolve it, and then you uh, you allow it to, uh, you know, do its thing, basically, and you bombard it with some neutrons, then it will it will become uh, uranium-233, and when it does, that, 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 when it fissions, it is being done at a sea level pressure. So it cannot blow up. It becomes very safe. It's very, it becomes very safe in that way. It becomes very safe in terms of, uh, um, you know, uh, the, uh, the, um, uh, the temperature. It becomes very safe in terms of waste products. It's absolutely amazing why we are not doing it now. I don't know, but you know, many countries around the world are starting to pursue it, including China. David, you have a question. AJ, how does it compare in its amount of energy it can produce to a typical fission reactor? It's almost exactly the same. It's like 200, well, I get a little bit nerdy here, but it's 200 MeV, mega electron volt, uh, 200.1 actually, for, uh, for, uh, for thorium. Uh, when it, uh, you know, makes it into U-233. And it's almost the same, 200.2 for uranium-235. So it's almost the same. What I'm looking at is a schematic 
of a plant, and it looks very much the way the same chain of energy transfer that is in a nuclear power plant. So the difference then is not U-235, but thorium. Is that the major difference, AJ? Yes, right, thorium. See, thorium, when you, so what, the way you do it is, this is, this is also very beautiful. The way you do it is that you bombard that with neutrons. So the thorium-232 becomes thorium-233 with one more neutron in the nucleus. That decays, beta decays, it's called beta decay in 22 minutes into protactinium-233, and that protactinium is separated out, and then it's allowed to further decay over 27 days or one month or two months uh, into uranium-233. That uranium-233 is the one that fissions. And that fissions, when it fissions, it, it, it produces two other elements, strontium and xenon, and in doing that, it produces... Uh, you know, extra neutrons, so the chain reaction can continue like this. Does the plant so, look the same with a container vessel, a container building? And no, no, it will not need. It will not need to have you know those domes that you see on right. on nuclear power. But it will not need that because you don't need high pressure anymore. So it's a smaller in size, smaller footprint. Uh, not just lot smaller footprint than than, uh, say, solar or wind or SSP or any of those things, but even smaller than the current nuclear power plants. David, you have a question. Uh, AJ, where is uh, our technology level to produce one of these plants that operates? There are a few companies uh, in this country. One of them is called Flybe Energy, which is doing a very good job, and the other ones are Thorcon, in Netherlands, and uh, another one in Denmark, uh, Copenhagen Atomics. And then now I just mentioned that um, Naria and uh, uh, Horizon, two companies from France and Netherlands, are getting together to uh, to develop some more of this technology. What we need now is to completely develop this technology in this country, and DOE has to fund that. This needs to be done very, very fast, and it can be done very fast. Where is the thorium? Where is the thorium, AJ? What the thorium is everywhere, everywhere in this uh, world. But basically, what we have, what we do is that there is thorium um, along with the monazite mines that we have in this country, and so we take out the monazite and we we throw away the thorium part. So it's it's uh, it's available in those mines in many places in this country, especially in the Midwest. AJ, do you have any models or any ideas on what the cost per kilowatt hour of electricity would be off of a thorium plant? Uh, I, uh, well, I have, I have uh, uh, some, some idea on this, and the cost would be 2 to 3 cents less per kilowatt hour than what we are currently paying. Uh, that's what Torcon has said, Thorcon has actually done a lot of analysis on this, and they are saying there will be two to three cents less. And it, it can replace coal, it can replace fossil fuel, it can replace all of these things. Um, and uh, it's just absolutely amazing thing. And we can solve this, and we just, you know, hope that uh, the, um, uh, the people who are running for president right now uh, will take notice of this and realize that this is the way that we can solve the energy problem for this country, 
solve the climate problem, solve the CO2 problem, solve the pollution problem, and go net zero. Well, you also have a suggestion that this can be used for space propulsion, and a thorium right. reactor on the moon or Mars would provide energy. Do I see that? Is that correct? That's also correct, right, yeah. So, you know, if, uh, if we develop this, it's possible, you know, like what we had a NERVA plant, uh, NERVA engine in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, which uh, used nuclear propulsion, this thing will do the same, except that it is probably not going to be as high a specific impulse as the NERVA specific impulse. But it can be done. The, the advantage and the plus of this is that you can use this for a space propulsion to go from, say, from here to the moon on a second stage, that is, an upper stage. And when you do that, and you take the rocket, you land it on the moon, and then you can use the reactor part of this. It's called repurposing. Reactor part of this for creating heat and creating electricity. So you just, all you do is to take all that, and then you, you know, you just use it. It's a double whammy. It's a plus and plus in that sense. It's called a thorium molten salt reactor. AJ tells me that it's in development now, and we'll continue to follow the story, because what we need to do is build it and then plug it into the energy grid of planet Earth. AJ Kotari is the president and founder of Astrox Corporation, David Livingston, Dr. Space of the Space Show. This is Hotel Mars, Episode N. I'm John Bachelor.